0: Taking a moment just to breathe in and release, recognizing that stillness within, knowing that it's always there, knowing that there is a divine wholeness. In each and every one of us. Knowing that in those times of feeling separation, I know that is not the truth about me and is not the truth about you. That those lenses are just obscured. Clean those off and look through there, remembering who and whose I am and who and whose you are. We are all one. Feeling into that divine presence, the love, the joy, the wonder. knowing that it is all God. Knowing that my prayer spoken is already a prayer answered. I simply release my word into the law, knowing that it is already active, it is already doing its work in the world, and my good is already mine your good is already yours and together we affirm this by saying and so it is amen
1: thank you for for creating such a beautiful open safe sacred space for us to be this morning welcome and if you're new with us here today or online My name is Rev. Diana Johnson, and I'm the pastor and spiritual director of Mystic Heart Spiritual Center. We are an interfaith, independent interfaith community, and we teach universal principles and practical spirituality. So I welcome you home to our spiritual community, should you choose it for yourself. I welcome you home to the guidance and wisdom of your own Mystic Heart, And I commend you this morning on this beautiful day for being here, giving your time and attention to your own spiritual journey, to this community, and to our shared time each week. So we take a moment now to raise the vibration just a bit in this space as we join our voices together. Take a moment now to breathe together as one organism, to settle into the peace that dwells within and all around us. to experience the presence in the here and now, and to honor the connection with our global community. We see in the mind's eye a web of consciousness that surrounds and infuses the entire planet, each one of us an intricate and radiant light shining within this web of consciousness, each of us a reflection of pure radiance, every human without exception, every other than human creature, every plant. A shining expression of the one light. The rocks and minerals, the water and the wind, the stars and the planets. Each one a unique creation, emanating from one source. A light so bright that there is nothing else. As we come together this morning, we set an intention to leave a positive imprint on human evolution and on the world for all time. An imprint of love, of compassion, of kindness and peace. The flow of Taize this morning reminds us that inquiring minds want to know. It points us in the direction of self-inquiry. As the seventh pillar for a spiritual life, We each have the capacity to discover the truth of who we really are, whatever our particular story may be. No matter how the events of our lives have been arranged and rearranged, true and lasting value is here, within you, as you, here in our presence in this and every moment. The place on which we stand is holy ground precisely because we are standing on it. What is it that gets in your way of recognizing your own value? What blocks your awareness of the peace and fulfillment that are always present at the core of your being? It is the covering you have woven from the threads of past events and memories, from your individual past, as well as the collective human past. In other words, it is your story. And it colors the unfolding of your future. As we grow and mature, each of us learns how to present ourselves carefully covered for both protection and deception. There's nothing wrong with this process. It's simply part of being human. However, we find that if we are willing to stop weaving our story for a period of deep and truthful inquiry, we can explore what is hidden behind or within the stories and discover who we truly are. Spiritual teacher Ganga Ji suggests that we have become practiced at maintaining the threads of our storylines. And we work to cover the unraveling holes that life persistently reveals. This is steady work, requiring our attention day and night. In an instant, If only for an instant, we can stop. When we are exhausted with our labor of covering what we fear we are, we can stop covering. When we are curious about what is unchanging in the midst of constant change, we can stop giving all our attention to what changes and focus instead on that which is eternal. Constant. The pure awareness of presence. Awareness. What is awareness. Whatever we are experiencing, we are aware of it. We're aware of our thoughts and feelings, and whatever sensations and perceptions may be present. Take a moment now to let your imagination go wherever it wants. Whatever you are encountering within your imagination, you are aware of it. Awareness is the constant element in all experience. Everything that we are aware of is continuously changing thoughts, images feelings, sensations, are always appearing and disappearing. But the experience of being aware remains constant. The thoughts and sensations that each of us is having now is not the same thought or sensation that was present two minutes ago or two weeks ago. But the experience of being aware is the same as it was two minutes ago, two weeks ago, 20 years ago. Awareness is the only element in our experience that never changes. Everything else we have ever experienced has vanished. Every thought, every feeling, every perception, every sensation, all appearing and disappearing all the time. None of them is lasting. But the simple experience of being aware remains constant. Unchanging. It is never affected by what we are aware of. What is the common name we give to the experience of being aware? I. I refers to the simple experience of being aware. We might say, I am aware of the room I am sitting in. I am aware of my thoughts and feelings. I is the name we give to the one who is thinking, who is feeling, sensing, or acting. I is the unchanging element that runs throughout all of our experience. Whether we are 2 or 12 or 20 or 85 years old, we perceive ourselves as I. We're normally so fascinated by what we're aware of, by the state of the body, by our thoughts and feelings, by our perceptions about the state of the world, that the simple experience of being aware is overlooked. We don't notice it. The experience of being aware is not something that we can be aware of in the same way we are aware of thoughts, perceptions. Nevertheless, each of us has the experience of being aware. Direct your attention towards your current thought, whatever that is. Give that thought your attention. you are able to direct your attention. Now direct your attention to the sensation of your feet meeting the floor. Again, you know exactly where to direct your attention. Now direct your attention toward the experience of being aware. (coughs) Where does your attention go? We have already admitted that we are aware. Awareness is our experience. So what happens when we try to direct our attention towards being aware? Try to turn your attention toward yourself, not toward your thoughts or feelings or bodily sensations, but toward the I. Instead of directing your attention toward what you are aware of, direct it toward the experience of being aware. The more we practice this, the more we realize that it is only possible to direct our attention toward some kind of object, a thought, a feeling, a sensation, or a perception. We can't turn our attention around and shine it back in the other direction toward that which is aware. This would be like shining a flashlight on the light bulb from which the beam is coming. The light bulb is the one thing we can never shine the light on. It is the source of the light. It can only be shown onto objects. (coughs) In the same way, we can give our attention to any object, but we cannot give attention to awareness itself. Awareness is the source of all of our experiences. So how are we going to find out more about ourself, about our beingness, about awareness itself, if we cannot direct our attention towards it? Instead of directing your attention, Try to relax your attention, allowing it to sink back into its source. How long did it take to relax into awareness? The experience of being aware is not inaccessible, buried somewhere in the depths of our experience. It is simply there, totally available in any moment. Its presence is completely independent of the conditions.
2: How do you typically answer the question, Who are you? Many of us respond with what we do. I'm a teacher, an electrician, a nurse. But who we are is so much more than that. A teacher might also be a musician, a mother, a chaplain, and a volunteer. Still these describe things that we do we are more than what we do right now we may have the thought I am meditating that is what we are doing but who is the I that meditates who is the I that thinks our thoughts That feels our emotions who is the I that is contemplating these questions. Spiritual teachers have long taught that we are spiritual beings having a human experience. I am more than my body. I am more than my thoughts, beliefs, and feelings. And all that I am is somehow interconnected to all that you are. And our interbeingness extends to the rest of creation. Each Sunday we welcome you home to your mystic heart where all of your answers are to be found. Your mystic heart is the very essence of your being, the I Am that you are, your unique expression of the one divine life of spirit. Self-inquiry is the process of dropping down into that essence. In our three minutes of shared silent contemplation today, I invite us to ask, Who am I? And listen for the responses that arise from within us. We may encounter a belief that we hold. We are not that. Drop down deeper. We may hear an old story about ourselves that we believed. We are not that, either. Keep dropping deeper, beyond the opinions, the stories, the self-judgment beyond anything that can be put into words our essence is so much more than that who am i the music to guide our awareness gently back to the here and now we gratefully accept the gift of insight our self inquiry has bestowed upon us and with profound gratitude for the love and support of our beloved community we say thank you God for everyone and for everything self inquiry is an ongoing process an ongoing spiritual practice we know that our introspection has only just begun and we realize that we can always return to the well again and again, diving ever deeper and deeper. As Reverend Diana continues her inspirational message this morning we listen with new ears, with new minds, with new hearts, and we know that we find our own answers by inquiring within.
1: any given moment, you can ask yourself, am I aware? And the answer will be yes. You are aware of being aware. Any time you consciously become aware of being aware, you are practicing one of the highest forms of meditation there is. It is the only form of meditation that does not involve directing our attention toward an object of some kind, whether it be a mantra, or our breath, or our body. It is the essence of what we call prayer, practicing the presence. Relaxing into the I am. In the state of pure awareness, there is only wholeness. In the state of pure awareness, there is a peace that passeth understanding. All definitions and limitations disappear. You are simply being that which you truly are, a perfect expression of divinity. Because we know that there is nothing else, one source, one life, one spirit coming to know themselves as you, as me, as all of creation. This is truth, and nothing we think, believe, or do can ever change that. The stories I tell myself may limit my experience, but they will never limit the truth of who and whose I am. So why not just accept my divine birthright? Why not question and ultimately lay to rest any and all limiting stories about anything? When my mind offers reasons why I can't, why not turn its power of inquiry back on itself with powerful questions? Where did this belief come from? Is it true? What is true? I know that in any moment I have the power to come back to pure awareness. I have the capacity and the willingness to practice the presence of God to remember the truth of who I am and to live from that. I am love in action. I am peace taken form. I am joy. I am beauty. I am power. I am light. And so are you. Thank you, Spirit, for my ability to constantly evaluate and edit my story. Thank you for the power of choice in how I experience life. Thank you for the many teachers in my life. May I welcome. And grow from their ideas and examples. Thank you for the support of spiritual community and the sharing of our journeys. And most of all, thank you for this prayer already received and acted upon by the great mystery of life itself. In complete faith, That all that unfolds from this moment forward is part of this prayer being answered. Divine order and timing always guiding the process. I let it go and let it be, and so it is. Amen. Satu Ashe Ashe. Aho. Aho. Mmm. The So I invite us now to gently bring that awareness back into the body, back to our senses, the atmosphere in the room. We open our eyes as we're ready and allow our gaze to take in whatever is before you. Feel free to look around you if you choose and say good morning to everyone who's here celebrating with you this morning. This is potentially your spiritual family, one of your support (laughs) systems, some of the people that care about you and are there for you if you need anything. And we have, boy, we've been showing up. This community shows up. So as we close our TAZE this morning, we offer the opportunity for you to share of your financial good in support of the work that we're doing in the community. And if you're joining us online, you can find a donate button and a mailing address at mysticheart.org. So as we offer this brief time, I offer to you a song by a woman named Carrie Newcomer, Writing a Better Story.
3: I'm writing a new ending with a better storyline. Turn the page and leave the blanks with a plot that's less defined. And though I won't get back a day of stolen time, I could go to bed at night with a better storyline. Let the old house burn down, and the wind scatter the ash Forgive myself for all the broken glass What I didn't know, how to say or ask I'm writing an ending, with a better storyline Turn the page and leave the blanks, with a plot that's less defined Though I won't get back, a day of stolen time Go to bed at night with a better storyline The breadcrumbs blew away And there was no way back Just the compass of my heart To find the path Seen only in the dark flash a lightning flash I'm writing an ending With a better storyline Turn the page and leave the blanks With a plot that's less defined Though no, I won't get back Storyline. There are stories shaped like stones, the ones our hearts have always known, the ones we find. Story starts at the edges. I can grow even when they're razor sharp. I'm grateful for the words that I bookmarked before I really knew I'd need them for this part. I'm writing a new ending with a better storyline. Turn the page and leave the blanks with a plot that's less I a day stolen time, I could go to bed at night with a better story like
1: for these many gifts for all of the gifts of your time and your love your attention and just all the many ways that you integrate interface take part in this spiritual community I know that these financial gifts are of source running through your hands and hearts to ours and so we use them well and so it is so as we do our closing song for the first part of our gathering today, know that there is um, organic produce up here again for your taking. Um, we have tickets available still for $20 for the Rainmaker Riverfront this Wednesday. We have bought half the house and Unity of Reading has bought half the house and so we're going to have appetizers. and and enjoy one another's company and the romantic comedy on Wednesday night. So if you have questions about that, um, you can ask me. Also, your bulletins are new for August, and there is a ton of new stuff in there. So please take them, read them. The newsletter also went out finally yesterday. <laughs> um, but there's a lot of new stuff we're doing up, up and coming August and September all listed in there. So let's close it for now.
4: May
2: your soul always find what it's looking for May your
4: heart always lead the way May you live in peace and harmony And
2: may love
4: always fill your day May your path be strewn with happiness
2: may success find you everywhere may you always embrace compassion and grace and may god always answer your prayer may you always embrace compassion and
4: grace and may god always answer your prayer
1: And you're welcome to grab coffee next door if you want to come back at 10.30 for a conscious conversation, our little bit livelier half.
0: Coming together in the name of love. Knowing that each one of us It's that divine expression of love and joy and fun. Knowing that today during our conscious conversation that each person here receives exactly what they need for their next step in their evolution and growth. Knowing that as we open to that, it's always there. The answers are always there. The moment we ask the question, the answer is there. And then we need to listen. (laughs) Oh, that. Oh, that. (laughs) So as we really open and really listen for that still small voice, sometimes a bigger voice, knowing that we receive exactly what we need, when we need and that perfect divine timing, as we accept our good. Just relishing in that knowledge, that truth, that acceptance. I simply release my prayer, knowing it is already so. And together we say, and so it is. Amen. Thank you. (laughs)
4: You go, Aquarius.
2: Someone's
1: taking notes. I love it. Good morning and welcome or welcome back, whichever it is for you. Welcome to those joining us online. If you're new with us here this morning online, my name is Reverend Diana Johnson. I'm the pastor and spiritual director for Mystic Heart Spiritual Center. We're an independent interfaith community And we teach universal principles and practical spirituality that no matter what your personal faith path, you can choose to put to work in your life. So I just welcome you this morning. Welcome you home to our our community, to our family. Welcome home to your mystic heart where your answers are always awaiting your discovery. So join us this morning if you'd like. We're gonna sing a couple of songs together. We have our Welcome to the Mystic Heart and our one big family, and we're going to introduce a Woke Up This Morning, an old gospel with a couple words changed.
4: (laughs) Welcome to the Mystic Heart, join the celebration. Lift your voice and sing your part, make this affirmation. Spirit made us family with loving hearts to share. Together we are joyfully practicing the possible through
2: prayer.
4: And everything's possible through
2: So welcome to your mystic heart.
1: Song's been everywhere lately. I heard it at Farmer's Market, I think. um, Lady was doing it. Instead of spirit, she threw freedom in there. So (laughs) walking and talking with my mind stayed on freedom. That's a nice way to do it, too. So I call our awareness to the presence of spirit in the body. However you are able to call that awareness in to experience the energy, the vibration, the presence, and whatever form that takes for you. And join me in the embodiment of living in a love-soaked world. In this love-soaked world where all humans embody and live from kindness and compassion, live from peace and joy and abundance, generosity. Where all beings live from a sense of freedom and justice as the living principles that guide our every thought, word, and action. Where all humans honor and care for one another, for the Earth that sustains us, for all of the creatures, for every life form that shares this beautiful planet with us. We're creating a world where all needs are met. Where all beings are well-fed and have the safety and comfort of home. Where mental and physical health, education, and healthy relationships are ensured by social systems that are grounded in wellness and in wholeness. Where all beings serve the greater community doing whatever feeds their souls and are well supported for their time and talent. And by that service, each one finds a sense of belonging. A world in which all beings are valued and respected for their uniqueness. Where authenticity and integrity are the norm where the peace and kindness that we cultivate within ourselves shows up around us as a world free of hatred or violence. With our growing awareness and by the power of our collective intention, we're writing a new story, a story in which greed is a thing of the past and there is absolute abundance in simply having enough. We do not lower our vision, no matter the appearances of the world, knowing with our whole hearts that such a world is not only possible, but it is inevitable. And so we align our actions to support our vision. And a new world is born. We open our hearts and our minds and our doors and our arms in radical welcome erasing all lines of apparent separation. In keeping with our vision, we create an open and loving community to which all are invited and in which all have an equal voice. With deep faith in the great mystery that acts upon this prayer, we accept its graceful unfolding into form and experience. And in sweet gratitude, we release it now to the living, loving, lawful presence that I call God. And so it is. Amen. Satu, ashe, aho. Ashe. Ashe. Oh. Oh. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, morning, family. Thank you for being here on this beautiful day. If you were here for Teze, you'll know that our topic this week, well, this month, is "Inquiring Minds Want to Know," (laughs) (laughs) and then within that topic this week, looking for answers, inquire within. And we spent the the whole Teze practicing, exploring, and practicing self-inquiry, as taught by many but brought forward by Ramana Maharshi, um, his student, Gangaji, and others, lots of others. So we briefly acknowledge self-inquiry as potentially a seventh pillar of a spiritual life. Up until now, we've been talking about our six pillars. The number seven is actually a number that represents spiritual completion. So to add a seventh pillar like self-inquiry actually kind of makes it feel more complete, more more stable. Self-inquiry can be defined as the constant attention to the inner awareness of I. Through self-inquiry, one can stop the constant focus on experiences and conditions as they're unfolding in our lives and turn our attention back on itself. We tried a quick experiment. I'm going to ask you a question. We'll do it again here. Answer this silently in your mind. Are you aware? What is it that is aware that you're aware? We called that pure awareness. Practicing the presence of God is another way to talk about that I. And we noticed that this kind of presence is at the heart of prayer. No matter what form your prayer takes, that deep awareness and connection in the I am is the very foundation of prayer. So, if that's available to all of us all the time, what is it that gets in our way of living from that presence? What keeps us from the experience of "I am this?"
5: Allowing us to get in our own way.
1: Okay We get in our own way.
6: Our ego tells us we're not that because that's what we're taught okay. by everybody we see.
1: All right, So our, our parents. Ego gets in our way. We're not taught that that's who we are, Crit? The stories we tell ourselves about who we are. The stories we tell ourselves about who we are. We get so caught up in the daily stuff that we forget. We got, get caught up in the daily stuff and we forget who we are.
2: The voice of our parents comes in and says, who do you think you who are? Who do you think you
5: are?
1: <laughs> if I would have Replied to my mother, a perfect and complete God being. <laughs> <laughs> I would have gotten knocked across the <laughs> road, to be quite honest. <laughs> that wasn't a part of our family life.
4: So. Yeah, I know. No
1: man <laughs> no <laughs> no yeah.
4: talk, yeah.
6: She would have thought you were being sassy. She uh-huh, would have, yep. yeah. <laughs> and sarcastic.
7: I think we believe lies about. Mm-hmm not only who we are, but how the world is, and and what's good and what's bad, and things like that.
1: Yeah, so we are exposed to and believe a lot of lies about who we are, what the world is about, what it is, what's happening. So those are all stories, right? Mm -hmm. Like Chris said, stories we tell ourselves about ourselves, but also stories we tell ourselves about what we're hearing and seeing, about other people and what we're hearing and seeing and feeling, about what's happening in that country or that situation or with that group of people. It's never just a pure experience of the what's happening, it's always got to be through our lenses of perception, which means every one of us has a different version of what's happening. And none of them are completely accurate. And none of us want to admit that. True. <laughs> yeah. So I want to share some ideas this morning from Ganga G. Is anyone here familiar with Gangaji? I've What's actually her met teacher? her. Yeah. She's an amazing teacher, living saint in my book. Um, her book called Hidden Treasures, I'll read some of it right from the book, but some of it I've retyped. Um, hidden treasure uncovering the truth in your life story. So this short quote, she says, all creatures are born inescapably defined by their stories. Yet if we remain limited by those definitions, we live a life of inner bondage. What does that mean? Would you like me to read that again? Yeah. Okay. Where is it? There it is. All creatures are born inescapably defined by their stories. Yet, if we remain limited by those definitions, we live a life of inner bondage. Uh, David and then Kimberly. Go ahead,
8: David. It's my story and I'm sticking to it. It's my story and I'm sticking to
1: it. And that's stuckness. There's your bondage. There you
6: go. Yeah. To believe that you're less than and to believe that, you know, you're not worthy of anything and that you're just, you know, broken. Those are uh, a place that you just never be able to kind of step out of because it's so, especially when your parents tell you that and your teachers tell you that and the government tells you that and the church tells you that. That's a lot to dig through. I'm surrounded. Oh, yeah. So that's, if we end up becoming who we truly are, all that stuff you're going, why
1: yeah. <laughs> to
7: hold us down?
1: Yeah, so we're surrounded by those stories yes. as we grow up.
7: Again, <clears throat> again, I mean, lies are, are a big deal. I mean, Jesus said mm-hmm. uh, the truth will set you free. So The truth will set you free.
1: And
8: the, the stories aren't the complete truth.
1: No. No, they're not. They're all incomplete. You were in mid sentence. I'm sorry. Oh, no. Um, no? That was pretty. Oh, okay. All right. Dave? Isn't that kind of the uh, theme of Toy Story? <laughs> that yeah.
8: These yeah. things were breaking out or the patterns of right. what they thought they were yeah. going be? Yeah.
5: yeah. I, I'd like uh-huh. to greater understand the difference between being defined by a story uh-huh. and being limited. Okay. By those definitions.
1: So, when something is defined, it is, I mean, they're very similar. Something, a definition limits by its nature, it draws a line around something. So a definition, I think, can limit, but doesn't have to. That would, what do you guys think? That's kind of my sense of how they're different. They can be similar. We're, we we start to believe the definition. That's okay. the problem, and that's our limitation right there. All right. So the limitation comes as we believe the definition.
7: Right. <coughs> so and maybe it's it, reinforced. A, and it's reinforced. So maybe a definition is imposed, whereas and then we basically continue to choose, believe, what that de- definition is, whereas. Okay. Uh, and that's what limits us versus saying uh, questioning the definition and saying. I don't right. that's not true. So.
1: so the definition is something that's imposed when we believe it, if it is a, a negative definition or a disempowering definition, then that becomes our limitation
2: Even our definitions of words are approximations mm-hmm. their, right They're metaphors because yeah. Yeah. We can't um, we can't define all of, all of anything. So, right. there um, if we tell a partial definition or if we tell a partial story there's no room outside of that for anything else to show up so right. that's the limitation
7: and especially if it's a foreign word that we're trying to define in our language that right yeah. it, we can do they basically there is no other word maybe in our language you know so yeah and that's maybe true with us but there's nobody else like us so we continue to try to be defined by something else, but it's really not what we are. And we try to
1: define others in our own minds, or with our own words, or thoughts. And being who we are, we have no real way to know who another person is outside of that spiritual nature, no way of connecting with another human in that way.
8: Meditation teachers got uh, kind of meditation that started out with, um, I'm not the body, I'm not even the mind. Right. And that kind of let all that go.
1: hmm Yeah. That's coming into that awareness, that pure awareness that we practiced during tase So here's the next section. This comes right after that part of the quote. When we recognize the stories that generate our definitions of ourselves, we are closer to the discovery of what is indefinable within us. That discovery reveals inner freedom and lasting fulfillment. When we recognize the stories that generate our definitions of ourselves, we are closer to the discovery of what is indefinable within us. That discovery reveals inner freedom and lasting fulfillment. So what is this trying to tell us? It's trying to tell us that what we are is
7: bigger
8: than anything we could imagine or begin to understand or put into words. In other words, the great unknown, which is, I
1: take it to mean God or Spirit or Consciousness, if you will. Okay. Thank you, Lucinda. It's also to me
5: saying that it's actually worth it to go on the journey of change and discomfort mm-hmm. that change can bring. Stepping out of my comfort zone in order to step
1: into who I really am. So, you, and you do that by recognizing that this is a story. Yes. This is a story, and looking it in the eyes, and going through the change you're talking about, the discomfort, whatever it takes, and that is freeing, is that what you're pointing to? Mm-hmm. Nice. Uh, Chris? And is that a hand, or just a lean? Okay. <laughs> Don't want to pass anybody up. If the Spirit
2: dwells within us as us, which I believe is true, then there is a part of us that is infinite. And to define means to make finite. Right. There's a part of us that's infinite. And uh, Ernest Holmes, in his What I Believe essay, said, the innermost God and the most high God are the same
1: God. So we are infinite. So we have an aspect of us, maybe that pure awareness, again, that we were practicing. That is the infinite, maybe thread. Our, our nature, our infinite nature.
6: God is closer to us than our next
1: breath. God is closer to us than our next breath, or than our neck vein.
6: Yeah. I heard it that That's way too. Sufis,
8: Sufis, yeah. What's a neck? Neck vein.
1: Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah. You said, okay, got, I Just got, go got on it. for the jugular. Going for the So a page or two later, she says this, we inherit much of our foundation from our story, from our families, for our story, excuse me, I'll start again. We inherit much of our foundation for our story, from our families and our communities of birth. We also have the innate ability, as an intelligent life form, to consciously cast off much of what has been preordained for us, or has previously defined us. What is that pointing us in the direction of, what's that saying about us?
6: That we can choose to believe the story or we can choose to realize that we're divine and everything is choice. Okay.
1: So we can choose whether to believe, once once we're aware that this is a story I've been told, that I've adopted, that's limiting me, I can make the choice choose not to believe that story.
4: And once you choose not to believe that story, you have the infinite capacity and ability to rewrite the story that suits who you are.
1: So once you have acknowledged and accepted that this is a story and it's changeable and you have a choice, you can choose to rewrite the next step of your story, the next stage of your story. And that's what I would call spiritual Spiritual authority yeah. and the ultimate freedom and ultimate freedom.
2: Chris? That's like that, uh, the operatory song that Carrie Newcomer sang uh, yeah. in the last in the You
1: know, I'm going to
2: write a new ending, one with a better plot line. Right. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah.
1: Yeah. And it may only change the fact that I can go to bed at night with a better storyline than I woke up with
0: this morning. I often wonder if the story can't be written moment by moment.
1: What do you think about that?
6: Absolutely. You have no limitations if you're God or divine or whatever you want to call your spirit. Mm
1: -hmm.
4: The
6: only limitations that your spirit has are the ones that you put on it.
8: David? I believe that's the only option you have.
1: Thank you. You are writing your storyline moment by moment.
7: You, you may
1: not be conscious that that's what that's you're true. doing.
7: Yes, absolutely. It may be a horror story or it may be something else. It may be a horror story.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it may be a comedy, nope, a divine comedy.
8: Let me out of this one. Yeah.
1: Or it may be something else altogether. All right. I have a little longer section. I didn't want to type all that out, because why? So I'm going to read you a couple paragraphs here. All right. She says, the journey of a human life in even a day, and noticeably in a year, a decade, or a century, is a series of stories, a few relatively stabilized at the center, some contradictory, some similar, some long forgotten, and all manipulated and reformed by the latest acceptance or rejection.
6: Yeah, Yeah. ouch.
1: We have a huge closet filled with the basic clothing of past events that we then rearrange, remix or discard for particular needs at particular times. We have within ourselves uncountable narratives of love and hate, of peace and war, of realized dreams and abject failures. Each plays its conscious and subconscious role in how we define and clothe ourselves. Each is a rendition or an aspect of the life story. Since the definitions that are generated by our stories are stable only in part, Inquiring into our stories, especially their central themes, can reveal early and continuing arrangements of events to support a particular central identity. Definitions of who we are as individuals are changeable and are rearranged to be worn for the latest version or role being played in our particular story. But the central identity is what we refer to when we say, I, or me. It is what finally feels solid to us as the changing winds of success and failure swirl through our thoughts. (coughs) How does it feel to think of your life as a collection of stories?
6: Kind of answers a lot of questions. (laughs) Answers
1: (laughs) a lot of questions? (laughs) Lessons learned. Lessons learned are part of your stories.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. David? Once upon a time. (laughs) Once upon a time. That's the title of next week. Thank you for that.
0: (laughs) 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 It sounds like we have quite a vast variety of ways of expressing in each moment.
4: So it's like going into the closet what do I want to wear today? Mm. Who do I want to be today? And how do I want to present myself?
1: So it brings right up in our faces the vast choice that we have in every moment.
2: It feels like, way. why didn't somebody tell me this a long time <laughs> yeah, ago? Well, that
6: was, that was, that yeah, That was a big, important thing they left out. Oh, yeah.
1: Sometimes when I'm speaking with people and I use the word story, it's not met with a welcoming attitude, let's just say. Sometimes people, myself included, want to believe that what's happening in their experience is truth. It's not a story. And people tend to use the word truth when they mean other things. When they mean experience, it's my experience, it's my opinion, it's my belief, it's my perception, it's my projection. <laughs> but we use truth. This is my truth. Lucinda?
3: Well, I think another reason we do that is because if we accept that it's a story, then we have to accept that we can change it. Mm-hmm and sometimes we don't want to accept that responsibility. True.
1: And perhaps there are circumstances that are not under our power to change, but there is an aspect of how we experience those circumstances that we are always in charge of.
2: A lot of co-authors out
1: there. A lot of co-authors. We don't create in a vacuum. But our own choice of how to experience what's happening is always, it always lies with us. Mm
5: -hmm. Not all stories are negative. No. They're good things in those stories. Beautiful stories. Just to remember those things.
1: Right. Mm -hmm.
3: And Mm -hmm. the negative goes away.
1: Because you can only attend to one story at a time, or Mm -hmm. one aspect of a story at a time. Mm -hmm. So if you're attending to the beautiful, positive, generous, loving parts of your life, then that's what you're focused on. And if you're focused on the rest, then that's what you're focused on. And what happens when we give our attention to anything, what happens?
6: It gets recreated.
1: It it gets recreated.
5: Yeah.
1: In our experience, you know, if we're gonna go out and buy a new red Corvette next week. Suddenly there are red Corvettes everywhere, right? Mm -hmm. That's all we see. It's what we are attending to that appears in our experience. It's not that they weren't always there, it's just that we didn't see them.
5: I think we need to be careful with that, though. Mm -hmm. Because if we attend to the good stories, I really like that story. Mm -hmm. And we try to not pay any attention to the bad stories, because I really don't like that story. Mm -hmm. I think we're kind of missing the point, because we started this whole thing with conscious awareness, divine awareness, Mm -hmm. and in that place, like and dislike becomes less important. Right. We need to be (laughs) brutally
1: honest with ourselves about the full story, Mm -hmm. the full set of stories that we're living. Absolutely.
8: That's what creates division, is everybody's thinking their story is the way it is.
1: Right. I'm attached to my story. My story's true. (laughs) Your story's false. (coughs) So that's going back to, we tend to want to think that the facts of our lives, or how we perceive them, are truth. We're pretty attached to the reality of our circumstances. You know, since we're co-creating out there, and there's all those other
2: authors, it's important to remember that whatever else is going on, we're the ones that get to author our character. We, we're the ones that create our character and how it interacts in the in the larger story. Right.
5: Yeah, and building
1: that, on that, we mm-hmm. collaborate with these co-authors. We do. So then mm-hmm. we get into what's known as the cooperation or the battle. Right. So do we want to be co-authors in cooperation mm-hmm. or do we want to separate it? Right. Divide it. Divide it. And what does it take in order to bring us to a point of battle?
6: When somebody disagrees with you or doesn't well, it see Well, it's not it? just
1: their disagreement, though. What happens within us? If a disagreement sends us into battle... It, it, we've
2: what, lost it.
6: <laughs> yeah, fi- yeah, fight or flight, or I'm right and you're wrong, or it it, it te- definitely puts you in your ego and takes you out of your God self.
1: Right. So I'm right.
4: Yeah.
6: <laughs> I'm attached
1: to the fact that I'm right. Right. And because I'm right, you must be wrong. It's arguing to win instead of arguing to to find understanding. So arguing to win rather than maybe a debate to reach understanding.
3: Lucinda? Some part of me recognizes the truth of what you're saying (laughs) within myself. I I don't want to know about that. So I will do battle rather than to see that. There you go. So
1: part of me sees the truth of what you're saying within myself, and I would rather not see that. And so it's easier to go to battle and resist the mirrors the mirrors
2: the reflections some people think that's being authentic but i think our authenticity we have to ground that in our essential unity right. with the other person because when we're doing battle when i'm right and you're wrong or you're right and i'm wrong we've lost our oneness mm-hmm. right. we've lost our connection
1: yeah and it doesn't mean that i have to necessarily shift my stance to come into agreement with something you're saying, but I can agree that we disagree and that that's okay. There's nothing wrong with agreeing to disagree.
8: David? Yeah, uh, Dave Mason wrote a great song about that. <laughs> yeah. you know, we just choose to disagree, but it doesn't yeah. make us enemies. Right. respect each other, but we just disagree. Yeah.
7: Right, no but good guy, bad. Really no
2: bad guy. Right.
7: There's only yeah.
1: you and me, and we just disagree.
7: Well, <laughs> and I think, I think we we have to make a choice, or a lot of people make a choice to say that, that you're my enemy if you disagree with me, rather right. than you're my neighbor. Right. So, you know. I think we treat our neighbors differently than we treat our enemies. Yeah. Even though we're told not to. But
1: no, we do. we're told to love them all. <laughs> no exception. Yeah, no exception. does that mean
8: we don't see our connection no more? We don't see that we are brothers. Yeah. We're, you know, we're yeah. connected in the overall thing. We see a separateness, which right. is right.
1: Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna read another little section. Let's see. The facts themselves in our stories may not even be true. If by true we mean that which remains unchanging, because all facts are changeable. The so-called facts are assumed to be of central importance at one time and irrelevant at another. They come and go at our convenience. At any one time, the facts of our life may reflect the truth of our life. But this reflection is always at least slightly warped. The very vastness of life remains free of our objectification of it. The recognition that nothing that can be recaptured in memory is verifiable as actual truth is both humbling and liberating. When we meet with friends and family as well as enemies and recollect the past, It can be shocking to discover how events have been created or forgotten. Of course, our memory of particular events may seem irrefutable to us. To others with opposing memories of those same events, the same irrefutability is just as certain. We believe our mental-emotional objectification of events, or our stories, even when actual factual evidence to the contrary is presented to us. (laughs) There are many who live torturous lives of unremitting toil and suffering. There are also many who live lives filled with miserable events and yet mysteriously do not suffer. And just as mysterious, there are those who live lives of ease and plenty and yet suffer greatly. Our inner lives are certainly affected by external facts, but they are not controlled by those facts. The truth of one's life. Whether a life of suffering or a life of ease does not lie in the facts of that life. Our inquiry here is concerned with the truth of your life. The events and memories of those events are the clothes that can obscure the naked truth of your life. The events and assemblage of memories around those events of a life story can be the starting point of the disrobing into that inner truth. When we recognize the unreliability of memory, we become liberated from the practice of looking into it for definitions and proofs of who we are. Our attention is then free to discover the unchanging truth of ourselves, our deepest inner life, the mental and emotional energy we expend telling and retelling our stories internally in our thought dialogues and externally in our presentations of ourselves can be shifted. We can direct our attention to discovering what is unaltered, regardless of infinite alteration all around. We can turn our attention toward the truth of the matter, rather than the definition of the matter. I'm going to just tap on one more short quote, and then we're going to talk about all that. For a little bit. In seemingly mysterious and sometimes unwanted ways, our particular story is also expressing exactly what we need to face if we want to deepen our experience of life. When we recognize what the essential thrust of our life reveals, we can begin to see how the present rendition of our story also offers the essential wisdom needed to evolve into the next phase. Our stories are often ruthless in their insistence upon particular lessons.
4: <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> this woman takes no prisoners. What's that bring? Oh. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Gankaji? I love You, you just
6: I love know Ganka. that's Ganka. true. Yeah. Yeah.
1: She's, she's good. She's yeah, great.
6: she is. Right, Absolutely. matter of fact.
1: Yeah. Matter of <laughs> truth.
6: Truth, <laughs> matter of truth, right.
1: So what's that, just thoughts around those ideas. So if your life sucks, it's your fault. <laughs> it's your story <laughs> that you're making up. Well, I think we are in danger of taking that too far in one direction. That's my
8: excuse then.
1: But my experience of what's happening is certainly, you know, my experience of what's going on is absolutely mine. There's no way around that.
2: But My Life Sucks is not a story you want to be rehearsing.
1: No. <laughs> no it's not. I think,
2: I think what, what happens is, and this goes back to the idea of the soul's journey, we, we create uh, opportunities to learn. and right. to, <laughs> to get over ourselves. Yes. And uh, if we don't take those opportunities, we get another opportunity, right? And another opportunity, and another. But but I think it's it's when we
8: learn that we graduate from that particular class,
1: right? Yeah.
8: So we always have teachers, mm-hmm. and we always have openings to mm-hmm. go into that. Right. It's just how aware, awake, or present. Right. We are to catch them to under to
1: yeah. utilize and utilize, that's a good word because I can understand something that I'm seeing, or hearing, reading with my mind, and I can even agree with it a hundred percent, and I can see it being reflected in my life, and I can still not change my behavior and my actions to align with that truth that I've discovered. And when I don't change my actions to embody that truth, that's when the new opportunities arrive. <coughs> because the universe, <coughs> spirit, God, the great mystery, is really interested in our embodiment of spiritual truth. Not just what we say. It's, it's how do we live? That's what all of the great masters, Jesus and all who came before and after, it's how do we live? How do we demonstrate the embodiment?
6: Walk our talk?
1: How do we
5: walk our talk? I think one way to walk that talk is to be extremely careful about how we talk about suffering, because mm-hmm. there is true suffering that is visited upon people. Mm-hmm and we cannot be flippant about that no and then there's stupid suffering that mm-hmm. we visit upon ourselves right and if you want to be flippant about your own stupid suffering go right ahead <laughs> <I'm sorry>. <laughs> <laughs> and then yeah. there's intentional suffering where we choose to walk alongside somebody who is suffering mm-hmm. and vicariously take that on mm-hmm. and i just it's one of my pet peeves when we start talking about suffering and get flippant about it. I so mm-hmm. just wanted to I'll parse no. that out a little bit. Yeah. Thank you. I have no
1: intention of being flippant about suffering in any way. People's experiences are their real experiences. Mm-hmm. Not in any way. Calling that a story is not making it less than a real experience. It's just that it's an experience and it is changeable and likely will change at some point. But there's a lot of suffering in the world and I think that part of my problem with staying strictly with the new thought teachings was that there's a tendency at times to just overlay all of that suffering. Don't look at what's happening in the world. Don't look at what's happening in the environment. You know, just think happy thoughts, pray happy prayers. I think it's both and. Yeah, I want to keep myself as grounded as I can in the positive movement forward. <coughs> but I can't know what positive movement forward is if I don't know what it is we're trying to resolve and solve. And yeah.
8: David? Well, that kind of comes back to the thing that I thought was most powerful is you can talk about it or you can Mm -hmm. protest it or do whatever, but until you are that change, that's what allows the whole thing to change, is being what, what you
1: believe. And being that change may involve words, but it may not may just be being different in your
2: life yeah I think there's an element of knowing the spiritual truth and what's possible to say that you know we're all whole and healthy but at the same time acknowledging the experience of the other person um, and it may be that it's because they're living from a mistaken story that they're suffering but that doesn't make their suffering any less real right
1: right Okay. So I'm watching my
4: clock. Yes. Can anybody really alleviate another suffering? What
5: do you guys think? You can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink.
4: Okay.
2: <laughs> and I think, you can, I think that's what compassion is. You're helping carry the burden. Okay. Knowing that at least they know they're not
1: alone in, right. in whatever they're going through. Yeah, so the final step is up to the one suffering. Once they're aware they have that choice. Now many people are not aware that that is their choice. And when you're not aware that you have a choice, it's effectively leaves you choices. Right. Definitely. So keeping all of that in the mix all of that in the balance. So I have another reading, but I'm going to save it for next week because our topic is once upon a time next week. And so maybe I can springboard from that next week. It's a really good discussion. Join this. So I invite you to close with me in prayer. To know with me now the truth of this simple prayer. There is only one living, loving, and lawful presence, beyond all words, beyond all names, beyond all understanding. This one is life itself. expressing themselves as all of creation, as you and as me, expressing as the intelligence of the universe, as the divine order in all that is, as the self-expression that gives itself tirelessly We know this tireless givingness, this aspect of spirit as love. This one is the possibility of peace, of joy, and beauty that dwells within us all. It is the possibility of freedom to express and experience life in whatever way we choose. And this one lives in, through, and as me now. This is the deepest truth. This is the real story. And so I simply accept it as so. I let go of all resistance to the truth. I let go of my need to be different and special, allowing my story to become a graceful and fluid adventure story. I'm grateful to know that in any moment, I can change my story or my experience of it. And by changing my story, my life is transformed. I'm so grateful for the many gifts of spirit, for the endless shower of blessings in my life. And to show my gratitude, I make best use of these blessings. I walk consciously in the world, determined to be an authentic expression of love, of peace and beauty and joy and freedom that our world so desperately needs. Thank you, great mystery, for my growing awareness, for the courage and willingness to inquire within, and to accept and follow inner guidance as it comes. Centered in gratitude and in the deep faith that all of life is working for the growth and the evolution of all, I release this prayer Trusting in its heartfelt intention, feeling its truth, and calling it done. And so it is. Amen. Good morning. Good <laughs> morning. Great conversation. Yeah. Highly recommend this book. She has another one I'm also reading that is, almost leaves this one in the dust. So she's really a wise teacher.
6: Diamond in your pocket. Diamond in
1: your pocket. That's the other one, yeah. Really good. So look around, see who wandered in. (laughs) Hello. Each Sunday, we invite you to join in the celebration of the work that we're doing in the community by offering of your financial good, should you choose to do so. If you're at home online with us, you can go to mysticheart.org and you'll find a donate button or mailing address. We invite and welcome your contributions. And we are so grateful for every gift of time and talent and skill and love. And so many gifts flow through this space and through this community. And so I invite you to speak these words of affirmation and prayer with me for this offering as it flows in. As I awaken to the God within me and all around me, I see abundance everywhere I look. I consciously step into this flow of abundance by the act of
4: giving. I offer this free spirit of love, Blessings and sending it forth to heal and prosper. It is
6: evidence of my deep faith. It does good work in the world and blesses all of creation.
1: I give from a consciousness of abundance. And so it is. So this beautiful song is another one by Carrie Newcomer. Uh, We did another of hers in the first in And it offers one way, it's not really a dance song today, but it offers one way to write our stories differently. So enjoy.
3: Holy is the dish and drain, the soap and sink and the cup and plate, the warm wool socks the cold white tie. Shower heads and good dry towels And flying eggs sound like songs With bits of salt measured in my palm And it's all a part of a sacrament As holy as a day you spend. Holy is the busy street The cars that boom with passion speed And the checkout girl counting and change The hands that shook my hands today And hymns of peace fly overhead And spread their wings like their parents did Blessed be the dog that runs in her sleep Chase some wild and elusive thing Holy is the familiar room In quiet moments in the afternoon And folding sheets like folding hands To pray as only laundry can I'm letting go of all my fear I got is made of earth and air But the summer came, and the summer went As holy as a day is spent Holy is the place I stand To give whatever small good I can The empty page, the open book Redemption everywhere I look. Unknowingly, we slow our pace. In the shade of unexpected grace. And with grateful smiles and sad lament. As holy as a day is spent. And morning light sings Providence. As holy as it is per
0: Recognizing that every moment is holy and beautiful. So thankful for these gifts that come in through time, talent, and treasure. Knowing that they feed and nourish our community of mystic heart and ripple out no telling how far. And knowing that that circulates also back to us, I simply say thank you. And together we say,
5: "And so it
3: is,
1: amen. Thank you to all who have been helping out there as well. Um, Lots of helping hands have made it really a lot of fun to be out there. And uh, we're getting a lot of exposure. So thank you all who are helping out.
4: stand and we are changing a whole new life for you and me. Take your mask and set it free and share.
1: for being here we love you feel free to take of the produce up front